Hello and welcome to the Dancers Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Donahue, and I got the opportunity to tape a stand-up comedy set, which I almost blew horribly. I want to get right into that story. Uh, before I do, please subscribe to the YouTube. Please check out the Patreon. You get a free episode every week there. Let's get into this story, because I want to talk about it. I got offered to do a taping for something called Don't Tell. They're a big platform. They tape comedy sets. I was really excited to get it. I got it last minute. So the taping's in San Diego. I'm up in Los Angeles. The morning of, they say, someone dropped out. That's how I always get everything. It's never, hey, Dan, we got this thing for you. It's, hey, this thing was for someone else. But here you go, dumbass. That's not how they put it. They were very nice about it, right? But that's sometimes how it feels. But I'm very excited. I'm elated. I'm I'm happy. I was like, okay, I'll throw together like an eight-minute set. I'll do a set in Orange County before I get down there. So I go to Orange County, do a set at 8 o'clock to truly five people. It's so funny. I was like, I'm going to do this as a, con- a confidence booster. And uh, I, I did stand up to five people, two of which were paying attention, one of which liked me. There were five people there. Three were talking to each other. Two were watching me, and one of those two hated me. But on the bright side, if you expand that out to, let's say, thousands of people, that's a pretty good amount of the audience likes me. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I do that set. I go back down. It's packed. This show is fucking packed. It's fucking electric. The Don't Tell Tapings are electric. They had uh, this guy, Brad Solnitzer, who's like one of the best hosts I've ever seen. One of the best comics I've ever seen, but host, I mean, like, truly crazy good at it. And uh, it's packed. And this comic goes up early. I'm going to say his name because he comes off very good in this story. His name's Garrick Bernard. You should watch his stand-up and follow him. He's oh so funny. Goes up early. Crushes. I'm up later in the show comes off I haven't talked to Garrick in a while so uh we're speaking with each other and the show is at an outdoor gym they set it up it's like kind of DIY comedy style they set it up the taping at this outdoor gym with like 100 150 people so me and Garrick are talking by the pull-up bars and uh I make a quick joke about the pull-up bars being like oh we should I should do some pull-ups before my set and Garrick was like, oh, I haven't done pull-ups in a while. This is where Garrick makes a mistake. He didn't know he did. But he starts doing pull-ups. This is why it's a mistake. Not for him. For I guess for me, it's a mistake. Someone's going to get shot outside. That's what that car horn means. This is why it's a mistake. If someone's doing pull-ups around me and there's a pull-up bar, I have to also do pull-ups. I don't know where this started. I don't know where this came from. I don't know why I'm like this. And I wish it wasn't the case. I wish I was different. I wish I was better. Okay? But I'm not. And I didn't. Garrick started doing pull-ups. So I immediately... I, I am up. I am taping. Big deal. This YouTube channel has a million subscribers. Most of their clips get more views than Jimmy Fallon and uh, all those late night shows. So this is a big deal for me. It's like five minutes before I go up. And I go, oh, well, I have to 
of course, do as many pull-ups as I possibly can. What could possibly go wrong? That's truly what I'm thinking. I'm like, well, maybe this will be good. Maybe it'll get my mind off of things. So I start doing pull-ups, and I do as many as I possibly can. I don't know how many it was. I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's quite a few. All right? Not to toot my own horn. If this was the presidential fitness test, I would turn some heads. I would turn some of the eighth graders' heads. Okay? I might... People might go, okay, well, sure, Dan is in the special needs classes, but boy, can he do a pull-up. That's what they would all be saying about me if you knew how many pull-ups I did. I hop off, and I go, oh, no, I'm completely out of breath. I'm going on stage in five minutes, and I've taxed my body to its absolute limit. I am completely out of breath. I don't know if you know this about stand-up comedy, Timing and cadence is relatively important. You can't go on stage and be like, hi, hi I, I'm Dan Donahue. Oh, fuck. That wouldn't be a good set. Maybe it would be a good set. You know what? In, in the modern age of thumbnails and clickbait, maybe, that, maybe stand-up comedian gets owned by his own cardiovascular system. Maybe that's a better tape than what I got but thank god I'm still out I I haven't seen the tape yet I think I'm still out of breath in the beginning of it I if I like it you'll see it if I don't you'll never see it I won't put it out I hope I do just so you can see what I'm talking about but I hope it's not too apparent it just it just really showed me I am a lot. I know a lot of guys say they're like a golden retriever, right? They're they're like a they have like a golden retriever's personality. I I don't think I have that. I think I unfortunately have like a Jack Russell Terrier's personality, where I'm uh I'm like aggressive and I'm hyperactive and I can't seem to control my own actions people get kind of bored of those guys who are like, oh, I have a golden retriever personality. It's become too much of a trope. It can get so much worse than them. Okay? You can be Chihuahua Dan. That's what I was in that moment. And it was tough. But, hey, we finished the taping. I got it done. I think it was okay. I hope it was okay. Afterwards, I was completely spent in every way, shape, and form. And, uh, I've been trying to scale back a little bit because after I did that taping, I have a couple more things that are important coming up, but I realized, God damn, if I don't need to take care of my mental health, just a little bit, just a pinch, just when a guy says he needs to take care of his mental health, what he's basically saying is I need to do the absolute bare minimum for a human being to function in the world that's what that's what that if you think i'm going to uh if you think i'm going to like a meditation circle no 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 we're not there yet we're not we're not quite there yet what i'm saying is i'm going to maybe take 15 minutes of the day where i'm not doing something or being anxious about doing something that's all we're kind of going for that's all we're trying i will take a bath and maybe for uh for five minutes of that 15 minute bath i won't call myself a coward for taking a bath that there's this fucked up thing in my head 
I don't know where it comes from. I'm not from a military family, but there is certainly something in my head. Whenever I do anything that is relatively nice or feels good, where I go, brother, you wouldn't last in war. And listen, there is still war going on, okay? Um... Who knows where things will go? Maybe I will. Maybe I. Maybe in five years I will be on the front lines of some strange esoteric battle that we have decided to wage against another country. And I will be going, damn, Dan, those babs really, we should have been learning how to garret. We should have been learning how to trench. It's trench a verb. That's the first thing they teach you in military school is the difference between a verb, an adjective, and a uh, and a noun. And uh, I clearly haven't gone through basic training there. But uh, every time I, I do something like that, I always I always kind of have this weird voice, weird, weird, unhelpful voice in the back of my head going, "You're a coward. You're soft for doing this." There's like a there's like an, an imaginary sixty year old kind of hardcore dad that lives in my head and he tells me all the things that I'm doing to try to care for myself and become a better person and become kinder are a waste of time and I should instead learn how to shoot a gun or build a gun and that's not a healthy place to be that's not a good place to be especially not in the modern world not in modern society where we live Um, it's much more helpful to be calm and tempered and learn how to deal with people and be kind, but um, it's hard to, it's hard to figure that out. I, I clean my apartment. That, that was the big, that was a big self-care thing that I did. My apartment is generally in a state of like disarray, not to the point where people, uh, it, it, it's to the point where at its best, people are surprised and at its worst, people are worried. Okay, it's not great. It's not it's not too, too bad, but it's not great. So I'll clean. There's a funny thing that's going on now where men proudly state how they don't do chores. They go, I don't do the dishes. I don't do the laundry. My wife does that. I'm not going to judge anyone's specific setup with their specific partner, right? If you want a situation where you want to just work and make money and have your spouse stay home and do chores, if you get a consenting adult to participate in that, salute. I hope you two are happy. I hope you two live a great life. That being said, We talk often about the infantilization of adults, and I think it is true. I think there is a level of, like, uh, perpetual childhood, partially because many of the jobs available now are jobs that should be done by much younger people that are done by older people because of the economic failure that we've done, and uh, a lot of people are living in apartments when in other times in American history they would be living in homes. But the homes are hard to get now. This is what I keep hearing. The homes are hard to get. So that infantilization is sort of, you know, uh, I'm not going to say it's fully responsible of the times. I mean, I think everybody does have a personal responsibility to at least achieve some level of adulthood, some level 
of maturity, right? We can't all blame the times we live in because, hey, we're here. We're here in the, we, there's no time machine right now. So unless you can hit yourself in the head hard enough to think it's a different, which I would recommend not doing because it doesn't really work. It just makes you worse at math. Trust me. You're going to just have to figure out how to live in these times, right? I say all that to say this. If you're like making fun of guys for doing the dishes and uh, doing the laundry, let me just say this about you. You sound like a toddler. You sound like a toddler who doesn't want to do his chores. And I know that because I've been there, okay? I've been there. But there's there's this like super clip. I don't know who it is. I have just saw it online of these guys being like, I can't remember the last time I did my own laundry. And it's like, you sound like a baby. You sound like mommy is doing laundry. And that, listen, I would love, love to be in a position where mommy is doing the laundry, right? That, hey, who doesn't want that? But we're not talking about your mom. We're talking about, I guess, your spouse. So it's like, man. Being in a relationship is tough enough, right? Trying to trying to figure out the emotional connection that you have with another human being is very, very challenging. I can't imagine adding a level to that where they're also essentially working for you. You're putting a relationship sort of connection on top of a, I get you're running a fucking laundromat now. What's going on in your household? And again, if this is a two consenting adults situation where the guy is happy and the woman is happy, hey, I'm happy too. But if you're going to come on and make fun of people who are doing chores, because I started doing the chores and I realized, oh, I haven't developed the fucking ability to make a space nice. Because in my head, I was like, oh, well, I'll be rich enough where that won't be a problem, right? Didn't happen. Didn't happen for old Danny, right? Oh, there'll, there will be a woman in my life who will decorate the space for me. And it's like, listen, at the end of the day, you kind of, a lot of the times, can't rely on shit. You just have to do it yourself. And as I'm cleaning and as I'm realizing all this stuff, it makes me start looking around and I'm going, oh, this is bad for my brain. The The space that I've created for myself. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the, the guys out there who, uh, who have blank walls except for maybe one unframed John Wick poster and a TV on the ground and a mattress on the ground. I love you guys. I am one of you. I am of your ilk. You need to understand this is not coming from a person shitting on... There's been enough. There's been enough people shitting on you. Fuck them. Fuck those people on Twitter going, Oh, you have a mattress on the ground? Hey, some people are doing the best they can. Huh? You fucking elitist piece of shit. Shut up. I'm talking to them right now. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to them. Fellas. 
it's hard sometimes to begin the process of learning how to make a space more habitable for yourself. And I know because I am on the dead early. There's a dying plant in my bedroom right now, okay? There is a plant that if it could use words would be doing nothing but screaming. Terrifying, blood-curdling screaming, okay? But the sooner the better. If you have the means and the ability, try and make your space more comfortable. You don't got to go crazy. You don't need to go over. We don't need to go oil diffuser first move because then you're a guy with a TV on the ground, a mattress on the ground, and an oil diffuser. What are people going to think? They are going to think you stole that oil diffuser, okay? If you make a step up too early, now this can happen with fashion as well, okay? I've been there. I have bought too nice of a pair of shoes and realized I ran out of money to buy the rest of the outfit and I walk around looking like a guy who stole a pair of shoes, okay? Every time you make a move up too quickly in fashion or in decoration, it looks like you're borrowing something from a friend or you took something from a store without paying for it, okay? But I'm learning as I'm looking through this space and stuff, there's a really shitty part of my brain. I won't even say shitty. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being too hard on myself. There's a part of my brain that sort of has this mentality of like, all I need to do is work. All I should care about, I shouldn't care about the space I live in. I should care about the work that I do. I'm going to wake up, everything in my life will be completely utilitarian and for the purpose of me conducting myself throughout the day, right? That's the mindset a lot of guys have. When you look at when you look at guys' spaces and you're like, oh, this is boring, this is stupid, blah, blah, blah. I think a lot of guys got the message when they were younger. A, any form of decoration is gay. That's a message that a lot of guys got, unless it's a John Wick poster. For some reason, Boondock Saints is is falls out of the category of gay decoration in the male mind. For some reason, I don't know why. It's two handsome men on a poster, okay? When you break it down, two beautiful gentlemen on a poster. But a lot of guys do have this mindset of like, my only value is my ability to like produce and work and do like whatever. Even if, and even if that isn't like a monetary production, even if you're like a video game guy, a lot of guys only value themselves based on how much they achieve on that video game. Like, like this is kind of a big thing. It's kind of a big issue. But I'm sort of slowly learning that the space that you create for yourself is a conduit for your ability to create and be productive and just be cuz like I'm just right now I'm staring at the floor of my apartment. This is real time. This is no bullshit. I'm not I'm not kidding around. I'm looking at the floor. There is a there's protein powder scattered around the floor which par for the course I will clean that 
uh, there's a jar lid on the floor, a receipt, couple of flakes of cereal, and a uh, cardboard thing that I don't really know what it goes to. That's all in two square feet of the floor that I can see in my apartment. That's not good. There's a part of your brain that you need to shut off to like numb that out and forget that it's there in your apartment. That's a big issue, folks. That's a big issue. So what I'm saying is don't shut it off. Don't shut it off. Focus on the thing that you're doing in the moment. Okay, when you're waking up in the morning, don't be thinking about, oh, man, work is going to be fucking, oh, God, I got to gotta get those reports. No, 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 no. You, the reports are going to come. You're going to get the reports done. You're good. Ah, oh, fuck, I got to start. I got to open up the shop early. You, and you're going to do it. But right now, focus on the fact that you are throwing your dental floss on your bed after you use it. All right? There are step-by-step things that you are doing in the moment. That you can fix. And I know it's a trope. Like, I'm not even saying make your bed. Okay? Make your bed is levels above where I am right now. Okay? If I make my bed, it is, I, I look at myself and I go, hey, are you okay, man? It's like, it's like if a friend starts acting too nice and you're like, did you fuck my ex-girlfriend? You're making me crepes in the morning, Jeff? You're making me crepes in the morning? You've never done that. Are you fucking my ex-girlfriend? That's, when I start making my own bed, I ask myself, Dan, is everything all right? Sit down. What's going on with you? But I'm making my way up to the clean bed. Okay? And it helps your brain. Um, There's also been a lot of mental clutter. This is like a clutter episode. There's been a lot of mental clutter. I caught myself today talking shit everybody talks shit right this is uh this is a thing that i think is seen as uh if you don't talk shit ever i question if you're repressing yourself i question that i'm not saying that maybe you're just good there's some people that are just good that's always tough when you're trying to have the like well we're all a little fucked up conversation you start bringing stuff up that you do and then the person you're talking to is like oh i don't do any of that shit you're like oh Oh, ooh, hmm. And, uh, yeah, when it comes to stuff like that, I try to stop. I try to not talk shit. I do my best. But talking shit is like a virus. If you start talking to somebody, like you talk, start talking shit about somebody to another person... And that person lights up. That person gets that glow in your eye. Ooh, the talking shit glow in your eye. We all know that. It's almost like when you when you want to fuck someone and you start talking to them and you start realizing they want to fuck you too. That's the exact feeling when you start talking shit and the other person clearly wants to talk shit too and then they get going. That's an afternoon right there. Oh, that is a summertime mint julep, baby. That feels nice on the skin. You start, oh, God, man. I mean, you see Tim? I mean, you see Tim? You see how bad Tim smells? Oh, Oh, smells? How about, how about looks? Oh, man. And you just start going ham on Tim. 
But I'm realizing whenever I do that, when the dust clears, when I get my rocks off, right? When you get that post shit talk clarity, you do start realizing it does come from inner insecurity. Always does. And sometimes the things that you're saying, I think that 80% of the shit that gets talked about you, it would be good for you to hear. It would. If you're clear of mind, if you're clear of mind and clear of thought, pure of heart, thick of loin, I don't know why I said that. I think that it would be helpful just because it would give you an image of how people see you. It doesn't give you an image of yourself, right? Only you know that. But it gives you an image of how people see you. Maybe you could change your... I don't know. I, I would like to hear 80% of the shit, shit that gets talked to me. Because I know when I talk shit about people, 80% of it is actually like stuff that would be constructive if I packaged it right. And then 20% is pure vile acid. That just does not mean to be said... I do not mean at all about that person. It just kind of comes out. When you're just on a roll, you're on a roll. And I've been venturing to stop talking shit. Or at least every time I start talking shit, I try to stop myself and go, well, what can I do in my life to be better in the way that I'm saying this person is bad? Do you know what I'm saying? In what ways can I avoid the thing that I am talking shit about this person. That's just, that was just my thought. We have one question. I'm excited to get this. Uh, We have more questions on the Patreon episode, but here's the one that we got here. Dan, this gets a little messy. Wow. This gets a little messy. I found out my girlfriend is cheating on me. She caught me cheating on her about a year ago. And during our discussion about it, she told me she was cheating on me too. But we smoothed things over. I have continued to cheat on her, but was more covert about it after I got caught. What should I do? I'm going to tell you something, and I really want you to listen to me. Make this work and I am not saying that because I think you two are good for each other I am saying that because you two are taking each other off the market and that is doing a great service to single people everywhere who are trying to date that you two so let me go back here you found out your girlfriend was che- you found out your girlfriend was cheating on you. I almost stopped and said I'm so sorry, but I had a feeling cuz it was so direct. It was so just I caught my girlfriend cheating on me. It wasn't like a this is the this is like one of the hardest things I've ever No, no, no. You're just like she's cheating again. Oh boy, she's cheating again. It's like when uh it's like when you have someone in your family that is crazy. And, uh, like gets into fights all the time and drunk drives all the time and they get in trouble. And if that same thing happened to like the golden child in the family would be like, oh my God, I cannot believe Kevin got drunk, went drunk driving the other day. No, now it's, but instead it's the uncle, uncle Bill. And it's like, uncle Bill drunk drove again. It's like, (laughs) it's like that tone. I found out my girlfriend is cheating on me. 
She caught me cheating on her about a year ago. And during the discussion about it, she told me, so she caught you cheating a year ago. And she told you, by the way, I am also cheating on you. That alone, you're soulmates. What beautiful. So now you've, wait, so now you, you continued to cheat on her, but you were more sneaky about it. You went to the spy shop down the road. You went to the, you went to the, the, uh, magic shop. You ever go to those, like, uh, those goof shops where they have like, you know, spy glasses. And I remember there was even sort of a laser trip wire thing you could get as a kid where it would tell you when people are walking down the hallway or something like that. Did you go to that? Did you get those? Did you get the spy glasses? Huh? Is that what you did? You're more covert about it. Huh? What, are you talking to the FBI trying to learn their tactics on how to not let your girlfriend find out that you're fucking another waitress? Is that what what you're doing? And listen, she's cheating on you too. I want you guys to know, maybe this conversation has missed you in some way, sir. There's something called polyamory now, and... A lot of people who practice it are happy. A lot of people who practice it are unhappy, right? Just like any relationship, there's a give and take. It's right for some people. It's not right for some people. I think you might be a perfect fit. And I'm not someone who prescribes this to people. And it's not. I'm not in a that kind of relationship either. I am monogamous. But you seem to be polyamorous and fighting at every single turn to not be that just just you and your girlfriend just have a little commute because clearly you can't stop cheating on each other this seems to be something you just can't and hey listen let me level with you fucking is great right if you don't want to exclusively do it with your partner you just tell them just tell them just have a conversation. Sit her down. Open your Rolodexes of the people that you both have been cheating on each other with, which I'm sure are expansive, more expansive than either of you could ever imagine. And just start listing them off. Jack at the bar. Uh, Jill in the aerospace uh, sector. Paul the accountant. Uh, Jane Fonda, when she's like, Jane Fonda, and you're the guy's like, listen, things happen. We get drunk. Time moves on. No, I think, I think you two are perfect for each other. I think you two are like the Mr. and Mrs. Smith of cheating on each other. That's exactly what this is. You are the Mr. and Mrs. Smith of getting your dick sucked secretly or pussy ate. You're just like, wait, you've been a spy the whole time? Wait, you've been a piece of shit this whole time? Whoa! That is not the song they play in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. But yeah, just just tell her, do the same thing she did to you. Tell her, hey, um, yeah, I've been cheating on you. You've been cheating on me. I know it. Let's move to Florida. Let's 
let's lock it down, okay? Let's go condo in Naples. Let's figure things out. Key parties is what you can get there, okay? Grow old. Become swingers. That's what you're destined for, okay? Man. I mean, this is kind of a beautiful question to answer because whenever I get the messages that people are uh, being cheated on, uh, I get very sad. And whenever I get messages that people are cheating on someone, I always get a little bit angry at them, even though, you know, you should reserve judgment even when it comes to someone that you think is doing something immoral, right? This is kind of a perfect question. This is a flawless question. I don't dislike either of you, and I certainly don't feel bad for either of you. I don't know what's going on in the relationship. Maybe there's something going on that's not cool, but I'm saying just from the message, just from what I know, from face value, it's a perfect message because it's juicy and you're both simultaneously uh, victims and perpetrators. It's really lovely. What you guys have going on, <laughs> that is not the message that I want to send by answering this question. But it's a really beautiful thing what you two got going on, man. You're wheeling and dealing. You're squealing and dealing over here. Um, but yeah, that's that's my answer. Just, just open. I guess... I guess Probably just open things up or break up. But for the love of God, listen to me so closely. Closer than you've ever listened to anything in your entire life. If you break up with each other, fix this before you start dating someone else. Okay? I'm not saying, I'm not saying you're an uh, inherently bad person who is beyond redemption. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is figure it out. Okay, figure it out because there's some good people out there. I don't want either of you going out there traipsing around, traipsing, traipsing around town. That's not a thing people say. And ruining other people's lives, right? You got a good thing going here. Why ruin it? Um, That's the show. Thank you all for listening. Again, please subscribe on YouTube. Uh, Please check out the Patreon. Please uh, see me in, well, I guess this is going to drop before Denver, but if, if you saw me in Denver, I hope you enjoyed the show, April 14th and 15th. Anyway, have a good one. Thank you.